It is First Moose, Connor, Manny, and Patrick. We have breaking news. I mean, I don't, I feel like this doesn't happen at the NFL trade deadline, especially of this caliber of, of a player. I wasn't excited about it, to be honest. I was, I was told, uh, I was on a Zoom. Someone just said, Adam Schefter tweeted. I'm like, all right, what, what's it going to be? And then the person goes, uh, the Rams trade it for um, Von Miller. And I was, I was glad I was on mute because the the generous words weren't were very generous for me. I was I wasn't happy about it. the Rams just got better. But what were you, what were your guys' immediate takeaways? Yeah, probably the the same thing, same sentiment there. Just just kind of out of nowhere, out of the blue, really. That trade just just hit it, hit everybody, and I don't know. It's just weird because well, obviously now not weird for the Rams because. Obviously now you got Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey just to add on the um the kind of Pro Bowl caliber players that they now have on that ball as if they needed any more. That defense was already um top five, probably top three in the league, and they just got even better. So um yeah, initially surprises as everybody I presume, and I guess just excited to see how this team performs going forward against the next or against the next time they play the, the Cardinals. It'll be uh, it'll be a great matchup, and and in the playoffs, especially how that defense can uh, elevate this team. So yeah, pretty pretty crazy trade, and just excited to see how all of them play. Again, I think it's a it's a pretty interesting trade when you think about it. Von Miller's been the face of the Broncos for what now ten years, twelve years, maybe I don't even know how long it's been. So long since he got drafted, but it's it, it it's shocking that the you know that the Rams are just going to give up on the draft completely I mean they've shown they could care absolutely nothing about the draft I mean they traded three first round picks for Matthew Stafford so that's your first three next year that's your three first round picks this year next year and the year after that you give up your second and third round pick this year to get Von Miller and then I think there's like maybe they have one pick I think like six the sixth round pick is the only Thing that sixth and seventh round pick is the only thing they have left for this year's draft, which is insane. But at the same time, it makes complete sense because the Rams are in a win now mode. When you have players like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, the list goes on and on. The core of it all is Matthew Stafford. Obviously, he's going to get older, he's going to decline. But at the same time, he's still a very, very good quarterback. And he's, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, but he's already tied Jared Goff's touchdown record from last season, all last season in seven games and I think a quarter or something like that. So that number alone is just shocking that, you know, he's already eclipsed Jared, how good Jared Goff did last year. So they are in a win now mode. Uh, I'm a little shocked that they've given up on the draft, but at the same time, when you can go out and get, you know, an eight-time Pro Bowler and, you know, one of the most da- one of the most dangerous pass rushers. I mean, really in the entire NFL, I mean, the man created a defensive lineman you for crying out loud. So I think the Rams defensive line is easily 
you know, one of the best, I think it, it is going, it is the best. I think it's genuinely best defensive line. You have the best exterior pass rusher. You have the best interior pa- pass rusher. You have arguably the best corner as well in the entire NFL. And you have one of the best passers in the NFL. And you have really a really, really good and elite up and coming wide receiver in Cooper Cup. So I think this Rams team now, they have to be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, it seems like they're almost too good to win. There's teams that, you know, maybe they, they're supposed to win. But I feel like the Rams have just loaded up on superstars so much that it almost makes more sense that they don't go all the way. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like the, it just seems too good to be true. Do we expect any other teams to follow suit of this kind of – I don't want to know. I don't want to call it like craziness, but this just path of trying to win a, a Super Bowl. We haven't really seen it thus far, but the Rams haven't won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's a copycat league. If they win a Super Bowl, are we just going to see teams be like, I don't care about draft picks. Like, let's just throw them around and then get good players. Or we think this is just a Los Angeles Rams thing. Um, I think some teams probably should do so um i think the team that pops out right now to me the most would probably be the, the chiefs if uh, they could get somebody on that defensive side of the ball really anybody of kind of about a little bit above average to like great would really help that team out um yeah they're one team that really needs you just because we know what we're going to get offensively from them um obviously Pema Holmes, travis kills tyree kill the weapons that they have offensively, there's no question about it. They have been sloppy, don't get me wrong, obviously, with all the turnovers and stuff like that. But from what their resumes say, from what we've seen from them in the past, we you can only assume that this is just going to be a bump in the road. Just They're just going to get over and start playing how we expect them to. But defensively, even going back to last year, even the Super Bowl, I guess, most recently from last season, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had no problem driving up and down that field and scoring, I think, what was like 40-something on them. So this stems back from last season, and they obviously haven't addressed it this season. And I think now – I think that once the first chip falls, I think, like you said, Connor, it's just a copycat league. And I think once the Rams have made that move, I think you're going to see – or you should see the Chiefs kind of make something um, – just look, go out there and look for somebody that they can address them. I would uh, – in my opinion, probably the pass rush is probably the biggest thing just because if you have a good pass rush, you can kind of mask that secondary back there with uh, Tyron Matthew. I think he could hold his own back there. But, yeah, I think just if they could do something to get some sort of pass rush on opposing quarterbacks to add to um, Chris Jones and um, Frank Clark, um, it'll, it'll help the team out massively, I think, at such a pivotal point of season two. I think it is going to be a bit of a copycat league. We may potentially see some bigger moves from the teams that, you know, maybe competing for a Super Bowl this year. We talk about maybe the Ravens go out and get someone. Maybe the Cardinals may go out and get someone maybe defensively. They honestly don't need really anyone offensively, maybe like an offensive lineman, maybe to just hold up uh, with Kyler Murray. But honestly, they just need to work on that defense. They need If they can add – if they can add someone, maybe a pass rush, but then again, you also still have J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, who are two of the best um, sack artists in the entire NFL. I think the Cardinals are definitely going to be buyers, but it's going to be – I don't exactly know who they're going to be able to get, and I disagree with you about the Chiefs, Manny, just because 
they're completely cash cap strapped. I and mean, when we talk about the, you know, Brett Veach is one of the best GMs in the entire NFL for the Chiefs. So he's going to figure it out some way, somehow to make that work. But I doubt they're going to be able to go out for any big name free agent or big name player that maybe could get they could probably get. They need all the draft picks they can get because those players are going to be cheap for the next three, four or five years, maybe if that fifth year option gets picked up. So I think the Chiefs are probably not going to be huge players at the trade deadline. You could see the Cardinals. You could see the I think I think the Rams are done. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to really make any other moves just because of the Von Miller trade. But no, I think there's going to be. I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know just because of what we saw today. I mean, we could potentially see the Saints as well. I mean, they lost Jameis Winston for the year. So, you know, the, the Saints could be looking for a quarterback to trade for or signing Cam Newton, who just ha- just so happens to be a free agent. So I don't think this is over. I think it's only going to get crazier as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline. I mean, we already saw Derrick Henry go down, is down for the year. They just signed AP. They may try and sign someone else and maybe be a little bit younger and a little bit faster and speedier and healthier. But I mean, Adrian Peterson still one of the goat goat running backs of all time. So I think I think it's going to be very crazy going down until Thursday's the trade line trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken. So I think there's going to be a couple more moves that that'll be made. But I don't know if there's going to be anything as big as we saw today with the Von Miller trade. I think um, the the biggest team that hurt from it. It's probably the Cardinals, mainly because they're competing with the Rams directly. And they, the Watt injury, I'm not sure if it was official, if it's out. They're not sure if he will return or not, depending on the, the shoulder. So I think that's pretty big. And But they, they've got a good defense. I mean, they'll be good without Watt and his availability. But I think that would be big, especially that's the up there with the most competitive division right now. But we can jump into – these week's games and they were good i enjoyed a lot of them i think i don't know me personally i thought the last two weeks were kind of boring for the most part but i felt like we finally got back to some really close games and some competitive matchups and i thought we could start with the the steelers browns and to me this is probably one of the more interesting divisions don't know who's going to win it don't know who really wants it it seems like the ravens will win at this point but you don't you don't really know because all these teams are kind of kind of scrappy and whatnot. I could see each team just going one and one against their interdivisional rivalry, to be honest. And uh, but Manny, you're a Steelers fan. How are we feeling now? I I feel like this is not where I expected you guys to be at any point this season, to be honest. I I saw you guys towards the bottom of it. Still kind of are. I mean, it's it's a neck and neck division, but are you are you satisfied with this hard nosed kind of football win? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, first to answer that, yeah, I'm very satisfied just because obviously we got the win and away against the Browns. I think uh, not a lot of people probably picked us to win that game just because you saw the news Baker came back. Even on a hurt shoulder, I think people still believe that um, he was going to kind of just reignite that offense. And plus, Nick Chubb was back again. You were obviously going to get a, a big boost in the running attack. But um, just, yeah, like you said, throughout the whole game, it was kind of weird just to see how um, the Browns kind of played. They started off running the ball. They did a lot of stuff that first drive that kind of got them to the their red zone uh, fairly quickly. And it seemed like it was going to be a long game for the Steelers, if I was being honest. But we managed to stop them. And then we kind of had like some iffy drives, some good drives. But I think the biggest thing from the game 
that I got was that the running or that our offensive line kind of got, is still getting better. Um, and it has looked better as um, the weeks have gone on. I think this week and probably last week were like their best, their best showings. And uh, ever since those first three weeks where Najee Harris got like, I think just 40, 30 yards and 40 yards again, ever since that, I can scream it. He got 82 uh, against Denver. He got 102. And now this week he got 91. So I think just as a Steelers fan, it's nice to see that that offensive line is not completely awful. We're not, uh, we're not the absolute last team. We're like 27th, 28th or something right now. But um, the biggest thing is just I'm happy to see offensively that we're getting better. We're not putting up a bunch of points, obviously, just because uh, you can't expect that right now. But defensively, you know where you're going to get defensively. Um, happy to stop them. Um, they're running and take as much as we could. And from the Browns side, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm still shouting at the TV that Odell Beckham has only got one reception for six yards. I don't know how that's even possible. Um, but yeah, I think great, good win for us. Now we're third instead of last in the division. And I think with and with Cincinnati's loss yesterday to the Jets, which again, very surprised that that happened, just makes the division a lot more tight. And I think going forward, I think if we could beat the Ravens, I think. Um, it'll be it'll just make it even more interesting. It'll give us a good shot, definitely, for that division if we can beat the Ravens. Again, this this is probably one of the toughest divisions in all of football, especially this season with the Steelers, the Ravens. Really, all four teams are in contention for that number one and number two spot in the division. I think the Bengals. It, it just was shocking to see them lose to the Jets like that. I mean, they hats off to the Jets. They played great. I think it's Alex Martin, if I'm not mistaken, had an absolute heck of a game for the Jets. Played extremely well with Zach Wilson out. It was just shock. I honestly, it was just a shocking loss to the Bengals after they've been doing so well so far this season. I think the Browns as well. They're a gritty team, but right now they are just in a massive rut. I honestly don't see Odell Beckham staying beyond this season. I really don't see him. I Either he's going to force his way out or the Browns are going to find some way to come to an uh, agreement with him to let him go, whatever. I think this is the end of the Odell Beckham era in the, in the Browns organization. I think right now the Browns just have a bunch of issues starting with their leader, Baker Mayfield. Right now, Baker Mayfield does not look like a good quarterback. We've seen him in years past. I think – I don't know what it is. I mean, again, he's shown at times the talent, the potential, like the flashes we've seen of him are incredible. And then there's games like yesterday where he's overthrowing passes or, you know, he's not, he's not checking like the ends coming in there, sacking him. He's holding the ball too long in the pocket and, you know, letting plays dry up before they even develop. So I think that it's going to, it, this division is going to go down to the last week of the season. I don't think any, I don't think, I think it might be the last division that gets decided there. Every team is just so gritty. I mean, you talk about a very physical football Browns are very, our run heavy team, the Steelers, you know, they're going to be a physical team. That's their DNA. The Bengals are, you know, a physical team as well. The Ravens, I mean, the Ravens are gritty teams. All four of those teams are extremely gritty, hardworking, physical. That's the DNA of every single organization in the AFC North. This division will go down to the end, but I think 
right now the Steelers look like they have the best chance or the Ravens, the bank. I mean, all honestly, I don't know if I can really say who's going to win the division because all four of those teams have fallen at points this season and have also played extremely well. So I really can't say who's going to have the best chance because for all we know, the Browns could go on a run and win the division or the Bengals could go on a run and win the division. We really don't know what's going to happen with this division just because it's so tumultuous and really just up and down with all four teams. So, if I'm going to be, you know, if I'm going to guess, I'm going to probably say the Steelers right now have the best chance of winning the AFC North. And I think it's going to be a battle between the Bengals and the Ravens for that second spot or one of the wild card spots. Yeah, it's a hard division to pick. There's there's a ton of easy divisions to pick. And this is hard just because, like you said, Patrick, I mean, these teams have very good weeks and then they turn around and just like we just saw the, the Bengals lose to the jets and you really don't know what to make of it. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible loss because you gotta think you're pretty much not in control of your division, but you're, you are at the the top of it. And then you decide to go lose to the jets, a game that you should win. And when you've got plenty of more difficult teams left on your schedule that you would rather drop, but now you feel like you can't drop those games. So it's going to be a good division right down to the end. I think Baker is, is struggling, and I think hopefully when he gets healthier, we'll see some, some better play from him. And then that Steelers defense, I mean, is, is holding that team together week in and week out, and I, I think they're good enough to do it somehow. And I think that should be somewhat, I guess, exciting for Steelers fans. I don't know if it's the most exciting thing because the offense isn't isn't going to necessarily win you a game, but I think that defense can can stop pretty much anyone right now. But Titans-Colts, another interesting one, goes down to the wire. But bad news for Titans fans, Derrick Henry is injured, had surgery, I believe, or is having surgery, out for the season. Where do the Titans go for here? From here, I know they just signed Adrian Peterson, but I I hope that's not their their uh, their end move. I believe either a trade or or someone else. I I think I looked on their depth chart. Their next running back was Jeremy McNichols. Don't think anyone's ever heard of that person besides probably minutes after looking it up after seeing the injury news. But where where do they go from here? What's what's their game plan? Uh, after losing the the best running back in in the NFL, yeah, it's uh, it's tough to say just because we kind of saw what this offense looked like when um, they tried to kind of get away from just running the ball every single play that first week. I think Ryan Tannehill tried to throw it a lot more, and obviously we know how that ended with Chandler Jones just teeing off on um, their left tackle and beating them single handedly. But again, uh, the Titans miracle that they won their game yesterday um we'll, we'll probably talk more into depth or i could just say now that it's just i think carson Wentz and the coach had a great chance to take hold of that division obviously there nobody can foretell what was going to happen to derrick henry and how that could put a like a just a hold on this team on the, the titans but winning that game was obviously going to be huge before the game and now looking back on it on in hindsight um now that the titans are kind of just kind of deadlocked to just kind of just not even running the ball anymore um you're looking as a Colts fan you're kind of thinking we missed probably the biggest chance to take this division um especially losing at, at home to to the Titans. it's just an ugly loss Carson Wentz 
Um, I'm pretty sure you, both of you saw that throw he made near his own end zone. Like you can't, you can't make that throw. You can't take that decision, especially being so close there. Anybody would rather um, a safety than like a six point swing in that in that circumstance. But yeah, uh, going back to the Titans, it's just it's tough now. Um, I know you get Adrian Peterson. He obviously not what he has been um, in his prime, but again, I think the only thing you have left at this point is just trying to become more of a passing offense. And I know that probably goes against everything that they've done so far and against probably what Mike, Mike Vrabel, um, his coaching scheme and plan is. But um, the, the positive side to that is just you saw what you got in A.J. Brown. They finally started throwing to their um, Pro Bowl caliber receiver and shock he is doing pretty well like in single coverage and over the middle so I think that's one positive that he is starting to play better and once you get Julio back healthy again that's a big question mark if he's ever fully healthy um I think you have to just go that route that route because that running attack has just been instantly just dead killed off with this devastating injury and I think if you're Ryan Tannehill he hasn't been playing great but he's gonna have to step up even more now to get this team um to the kind of to the places they want to get to and get deep, make a deep run in the playoffs um, later on in the season. I think the Titans are may are, I forgot to mention, I think the Titans are going to be major players at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going for a running back though. They're going to go for a wide receiver. I think this is going to be hard for the, for the Titans just because they are more of a run heavy team, but right now without, you know, arguably the best offensive player in the NFL and you have already two very, very good wide receivers and AJ Brown, who's one of the best up and coming wide receivers. And you have Julio Jones who when healthy, I mean, we all know what his potential is because we grew up with him as one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in all of the, in all of NFL. I think that the, you know, the Titans are going to be players. So going to be looking for a high profile, maybe a wide receiver three, maybe another wide receiver to pair with AJ Brown and kind of put Julio Jones as that, maybe not a slot wide receiver, but he's going to be probably that third option just because he's not as healthy. But when he, but he's still a major, major target that you're going to have to pet, put potential in maybe one or two players to double cover him. So I think the Titans are going to be players for a wide receiver, maybe a high profile one, maybe a bit of a speedier guy, maybe like a Scotty Walker from the Buccaneers. Uh, but we'll see. I think the Titans are still, you know, it's it, when you lose your identity, the identity of the team, it's going to, it's going to hurt. And I think, this AFC South division is going to be even more competitive as a result. Again, that's a division. I think it's going to go down to the end. Again, it's not going to be between the Texans and Jaguars. It's going to be between the Colts and the Titans. I think the Titans do end up taking it though, but if I don't think they're going to make it very far in the, you know, in the playoffs, just because they're still not going to, they're not going to have Derrick Henry who they can potentially depend upon for 200 plus yards and two TDs. And you, you can't just replace a Derrick Henry. They don't they don't fall off trees by any means. I mean, the thing is you you're gonna have to get a running back, but you the expectations isn't to be able to produce like Derrick Henry. So you have to look elsewhere. You're also gonna need to add wide receiver death, maybe a tight end. And you're just gonna have to find it elsewhere because if you think that you can just sign in a running back and eat that running back will do the same thing as Derrick Henry, you're you're crazy. Derrick Henry's been the best running back in the NFL for the past couple of years, and you're you're not gonna find that production uh, just sitting around. But 
on the Colts side, wow. I mean, Carson Wentz, I get he's playing better, but he is a roller coaster of a quarterback. And he's good. He's bad. He's good again. He's bad again. I mean, who, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, obviously Philadelphia, not a great situation, but also Carson Wentz has some very bad moments and he's, he's, Philly's not the only reason to blame of what happened there. And I I mean, I'm sure it kind of feels good to watch Carson Wentz go off, go off the rails every once in a while, Patrick. Oh, 100%. It's fantastic to see him. You know, obviously, like, he's a great person. Like, I was able to meet him a couple of times when he was in Philadelphia. Absolutely one of the nicest NFL players I think I've ever met in my entire life. Very down to earth, very humble. Uh, And obviously, you know, as an Eagles fan, obviously it hurt to see him go. But also thinking logically, it was the right move because he was never going to succeed in Philadelphia. Philadelphia got as much value as they could out of the Colts, including their first round pick this year. And right now with Carson Wentz playing every pretty much every snap of every game so far, it's looking more and more likely like the Colts are going to have to give up their first round pick to the Eagles even if the Colts, even if the Colts end up don't making the playoffs, I mean, he's still going to probably play a majority of their snaps more than 75%, which is what the Eagles need for the pick to be transferred over to them. I think Carson wants to still, I mean, again, he's, he's a competitor. He is, uh, he is a hard worker and he's one of the nicest people in the NFL, but that man literally is a straight roller coaster. Like you said, there are some games I remember where that 2017 season, I mean, he played like an absolute God. We thought he was going to be the next Jim, like Joe Montana or something like that. We thought he was going to be amazing. And now he can barely make a pass, which is, it sucks. I mean, again, nicest guy, does all this stuff for the community. He's really still connected to Philadelphia and he's building his roots in Indianapolis as well. But I can't, I can't say that I'm not a little happy that the Colts aren't really doing well because that pick is only going to go higher and higher towards, you know, the, the higher ends of the, you know, in the teens, which I think is now number two or three from the dolphins, number eight from the Eagles. And I think number nine or 10 from the Colts. So Good situation for the Eagles for the for, for the draft uh, coming off a pretty good weekend as well. But it, it was the Lions, so but it was a good weekend at the same time. I'll take I'll take it where I can get it. Patriots, Chargers, Manny, are the Patriots a playoff team at this time? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I said for sure, but it's hard to tell just because I want to believe in in Bill Belichick. Obviously, I, I'm done rooting against or betting against Bill Belichick. Um, but still, it's just their defense is, is very good. Their defense is very underrated, and I don't think they're being talked enough about enough. Um, just the way, again, going back to Bill Belichick, just the way he plans around stopping another uh, another team's best player, um, kind of how to limit their best options and kind of just get them to play how their defense wants them to play. And we saw again yesterday the Chargers have a great offense. Um, Justin Herbert's great. Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, the weapons are there, but even still, the Patriots got them to turn the ball over twice, one of them a pick six, and on the offensive side of the ball, they're not going to get fireworks, you're not going to get uh, a sort of Kansas City Chiefs kind of offense, a Bengals offense, or something like that, it's more like, it's more of a Mac Jones is not going to lose you the game, 
we're going to see how, how many yards and how, success, how successful we're going to be running with Damian Harris. And we'll see how, where that takes us. Um, it's a good strategy up till now. It's worked. But uh, the only downside I see is when you play teams who might not necessarily have the best defense, like the Chiefs or the Bills, but can still put up like 30 plus, 40 points, and you're going to have to keep pace with them. Um, at some point, you're going to have to ask Mac to throw a lot more than he might be accustomed to. So that's really my only downside I see with the Patriots. But up till now, they're pretty balanced. They have being teams that um, we weren't expecting them to with the Chargers and being clo- in a close game with um, the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. So we ex- everybody expected them to kind of have a down year this year, but quite the opposite. Bill Belichick and has really developed Mac Jones very well, has put the pieces um, that he needs around him. And I think their ceiling, their absolute ceiling is getting to the playoffs. And then from there, anything, anything positive from there is just, just a good surprise for them to have and just something to build on for the future um, for sure. Cause they're going to be very good next year. Definitely the years after that. I think the chargers still have one of the best court young cores in the entire NFL. if not just cores in general. I think Justin Herbert again is going to be, potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know that's lofty expectations now, but, I mean, he really is an incredibly good quarterback. But with the way he played with the – excuse me, with the way he played this week against the Patriots where he just did not look anything like his normal self, and also the game against Baltimore, if I'm not – Baltimore? Let me check. I think it's Baltimore, the last game they put – yeah, Baltimore. But I think – it's confusing to see him not playing well, but at the same time, you know, they have, he has struggled this season with accuracy and just, you know, being in that, being in the pocket, he's not the greatest mobile quarterback. He is, I mean, he's a, he is a really tall dude. So he's able to look, stand in the pocket, but he has struggled with, you know, getting out of the pocket when needed, when needed. So I think Justin Herbert's still a very good quarterback, but right now he's just kind of hitting a slump. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is for that Chargers team is the run defense is absolutely atrocious. I mean, they didn't look like they really looked awful. I mean, that defense is supposed to be one of the best in the entire, you know, really the NFL when you have Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Derwin James. I mean, you can go on and on with who's on the Chargers D. They just did not look good at all. And, you know, for a team like the Eagles who are coming in, who have the Chargers coming next weekend, I mean, that's a very good sign. You don't have Miles Sanders, but you do have Kenneth Gainwell. You have Boston Scott. So I think next week's game is going to be a very important watershed moment for how the season's going to go for the Chargers. For the Patriots, however, I I think they are a playoff team, but it really all depends on the performance of Mac Jones. I think he had a couple of good plays yesterday that ended up sealing the game. But again, he just did not look – he looked – awful at times overthrowing players he missed a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar that you know could have easily iced the game what right there and that right there and then excuse me uh I think he's still again he's still a rookie we have to take that into account you know he's going to make freshman he's going to make rookie mistakes it happens but at the same time when you have a head coach like Bill Belichick and a offensive coordinator and Josh McDaniels you know you you'd expect to see some improvement as the season goes on. I think it's the mid season. Uh, I think by the end of this season, hopefully we're going to see a much improved Mac Jones, but yeah, I think the Patriots are a playoff team. They might be just carried by that defense because right now the offense 
struggles so much at times just to get points on the board. Buccaneers, Saints, Jameis Winston obviously goes down. It's announced today that it will be out for the season. Specifically in the game, though, before we talk about Jameis Winston, I, I mean, it's just one of those things where I think Sean Payton just cares about certain games more than others. He he finds game plans that are very good. I think he's he's a great coach, but then to me, sometimes it just doesn't seem like he prepares his team on, on some random weeks and they come out kind of kind of flat but then those there's those weeks where they come out and and look amazing we know that defense is great and they played great against Brady yesterday but we're we're looking at a lot of questions on the offensive side now do you guys think they can stick it out with Trevor Simeon at all with how good the defense is playing this year overall I mean they've stopped some really great quarterbacks or do we think they need to to make a move before the trade deadline or maybe sign someone like a Cam Newton? Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's the route they need to take. Um the Trevor Simeon yesterday played um a great game. Uh he did what he needed to do. He didn't make mistakes. He executed their game plan as Sean Payton had laid out for him. Great uh kudos goes to him for that. But um Again, I don't think you could just rely on that, especially because you were already kind of handicapped at the offensive side, on the offensive side of the ball with not having Michael Thomas. Uh, Marcus Callaway hasn't really been the number one that you'd hoped he'd have been. Um, Alvin Kamara hasn't been his usual self, really. Um, I think teams just know that um, the Saints are really just locked in on running the ball, kind of depending on Alvin Kamara, because they're not really scared of that passing attack. So... Um, I think you're going to have to do something to kind of spark this offense in just a different kind of way, I think. And um, is that being Cam Newton? Possibly, just because I think he gives you something different than a, not a lot of teams are really prepared for. Um, I think, I think pairing, him, pairing him with Taysom Hill, it'll be, it'll be a very interesting um, dynamic just because they kind of have the same style of play, not really known for their – like accuracy, their um, their pinpoint throws, but they give you some a different dynamic with their running ability. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they both of them can work together. And if they do work together, I think that'll just add another layer for the Saints offense that could be potentially scary for other teams to, to game plan around because you have probably three runner three runners in the backfield that you have to watch out for if all three of them get um, get in the game at the same time. So. Um, I think they have to do something like that, especially in a division with the Bucks, who I know they just who they they just beat, but even still, um, we saw that they crushed them last year, but that didn't really do much when when it mattered in the playoffs. So I think they need to do that at this point just to kind of keep pace with them after this big win. Um, but now you can't now you can't just um, dial off and have this momentum run off. I think you got to do something to keep this momentum going and keep the really the excitement around. Um, this team going forward to really make that playoff um, that playoff run. Again, I think like I talked about earlier in the show, I think the Saints might be big players for potential QB at the trade deadline, if not something by tonight or by the trade deadline. I think they may be looking at bringing in Cam Newton as their quarterback for the rest of the season. I don't trust Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. I don't think 
either of them are going to be consistent enough for the Saints to be able to mount a playoff push. I think Cam Newton, even though he has gotten older, is still a much better player than those two I just mentioned. Or they could potentially trade for maybe another for maybe a backup QB on another team to be their starter. I think there's still a lot of quarterback. I think there's still a lot of storylines that aren't exactly done yet. I think the Saints are going to be players. I think they have a good team. Again, we know how good the Saints are going to be. That was a great win, but I mean, that was a huge win for them divisionally. I think Tom Brady, honestly, I, I mean, he, we know he's getting older. He's 44, 45 now. I don't even know at this point. It's just been so long. He looked great at times during the game against the Saints, but he committed three game, like game really losing turnovers that all three of those drives, even one or two of them could have won that game for the Buccaneers. But it was just a, it was just a mess by Tom Brady. He still posted a good stat line, but you know, when you're playing a division rival like that in a game where, you know, it could prove to go down to the wire and that may just be your tiebreaker. It may prove, it may be a very tough ending for the box. They may not get that division if, you know, potentially, you know, if the Saints end up with the same record as them, they may be getting that division seed and the Bucks may be forced to play in the wild card game. So I think, well, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of how, how the season, the rest of the season plays out with the NFC South. But again, that's another competitive division that really, I think, could end up going down to the absolute last game of the season. I think the NFL as a whole is going to be very, very competitive going down to the last you know, last couple, really the last couple weeks of the season is going to be very important. I think the Bucs and the Saints are going to be major players, you know, for that NFC South. And I think the Saints may be a player at the trade deadline as well, trying to bring in a quarterback who can lead them to potentially the NFC championship and farther. All right, let's jump in to our NFL midseason awards. Technically not as clean of a cut. As the the previous years in the NFL, it's 17 games, not 16 games. And also, I didn't see any lists, midseason lists today. So I guess we're a week early. I guess everyone else is doing it next week. So whatever. We're here a week early, but you can check out our NFL midseason awards right now. First up, most valuable player. And... I think I think for me, there, there's a couple options, to be honest. I think Tom Brady's playing has the numbers. He can do well enough to be MVP. I don't think he'll get it. Kyler Murray's a very big pick. But I think he should be thrown into a discussion. He's been in discussion before the season, and I think he'll be in discussion for the long haul. Is Matthew Stafford second in yards, second in touchdowns. I mean, he's he's got a, a great team around him. I think they're going to win – plenty of games they just made another big trade i don't think they're gonna have to score a ton but i think they're going to continuously score a ton because they're going to get the ball back a ton and he's he's going to throw a lot i mean he's been throwing a lot this year and also people like narrative people have felt bad for matthew stafford for years now and they're finally going to be able to give him an mvp award what is what are both y'all's picks for for mvp now and uh who do you think might end up getting it? Um, I had a few picks. Um, definitely, I like what Tom Brady was doing. Um, Matthew Stafford also. I noticed he was doing really good when I actually looked at how he was playing. But um, I think I'm going to stick with, with Kyler Murray just because um, collectively as a team, um, I'm not saying he's the reason why 
they have turned it around from being an average team to what they are now. But I, he's the biggest part, or he's one of the biggest components of it. Um, again, you know what you're going to get from Kyler. I think that's one of his biggest attributes is the the, the kind of consistency you're going to get from him. You know what you're going to um, expect when you when he plays. He, he has the ability to run. He can make plays with his feet. But he, I think he has improved a lot as a thrower. And um, that has shown um, the way that they've been playing, the way that, that offense has kind of opened up and um, the way that it's balanced that too with the runners that they have, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. I think um, to this team, he is the most valuable piece. And I think the way he has been playing also to over 2,200 yards, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, I think it's just a very good season that he's having. And I think being seven and one now too, I think it'll just help his case more. And I think up till now, I think he's done enough and I think he will continue to do more to kind of solidify himself as the MVP. I think it's going to be one of the, probably one of the most competitive MVP races we've seen in probably a couple of seasons. I think Kyler Murray has a very, very good convincing case why he should win MVP. I think the same thing with Connor. I think Matthew Stafford also has a very high chance of winning that MVP. I think it, for me, it's between three players. It's either between Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, or Kyler Murray. I think it, if I'm being completely honest, I think that it's going to be the Bills winning the AFC championship this season. I think they just look like the best team coming out of the AFC. They have one of the best defenses. They have one of the best offenses, one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos and Josh Allen and uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, excuse me. You'd also say, say the same thing for, you know, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. I think there's, you could really say that for all three. I think the Bills are going to be very competitive. I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to win it. So I think it's between those three and really it narrows it down to two, depending on which team, either the Cardinals or the Rams make it farther in the playoffs, whoever wins the division as well, whoever makes it farther in the playoffs, that quarterback is going to be the main competitor to Josh Allen of the bills. I think it's tough to say just because both of those teams are so good but I think the Rams are better just because they have a really good offense, but they also have arguably the best defense in the entire, in the entire NFL. Whereas, you know, the Cardinals arguably have the best offense at the moment in the entire NFL, but not necessarily, you know, an average defense, maybe a top 15, top 10 defense. I think the Rams that are on paper are the better team, but it's really going to come down to whoever wins those, you know, the, the divisional games and really the end of the year record, it's going to depend on who makes it farther in the playoffs. It's going to be between Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen. It's going to be, I think it's an early one, but it might be, end up being the Rams first, the Bills. Whoever wins that game, that quarterback is going to end up winning MVP, in my opinion. But I think Matt, all three of those quarterbacks have very, very good convincing cases to win MVP now that Derrick Henry is not as injured for the rest of the season. On to Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to stick with the Rams player in Cooper Cup. I think before yesterday slash today, I would have picked Derrick Henry, but with the injury, it's, it's just not going to happen. So far, Cooper Cup's got 900-plus yards, first in receiving, 10-plus touchdowns, first in 
first as a receiver. And I mean, his potential for a 2000 yard season, that's a huge number, even with the extra game, it's still a radical number. And I think he's got a chance to really be thrown into that discussion. And especially with his honestly top contender thus far was Derrick Henry and him being injured. I think he has to be pretty much the biggest favorite, at least from my perspective, but who do you have Manny? Yeah, um, I picked the same, um, Cooper Cup. Uh, just like just to reiterate what you said, um, it's ridiculous, kind of the numbers he's putting up. It just so effortlessly, it seems, just constantly having over 100 yards, eight or 10 catches, and then at least one touchdown. Um, the relationship with Stafford he, that he has built is huge for this team now and uh, going forward. Um, when they get into the tougher games again, they wanna they'd be anticipating the matchup with the Cardinals now. Um, I think it would be another good matchup, and I think they'd like their chances um, against them and against anybody, really, with the connection they have. And what makes him so dangerous is that he can really line up everywhere. He's not your typical outside kind of receiver. He can line up in the slot. And, again, it just plays into why he's having such a great season and why him and Matt have a great connection. So I think, yeah, I think overall he's kind of kind of just gotten away from the pack of all the offensive players that had a chance at it, and I think it's just his right now to, to lose. I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Cooper Cup is just having the best best season overall for wide receivers and really offensive players in general. Yes, Kyler Murray has been playing absolutely off it, off it. I mean, he's just been playing absolutely incredible. I think Devontae Adams, again, we know he's, how good he is as a, as a route runner, but he missed last game. So, you know, that dips him, that makes him lose potentially, you know, a fair amount of yards, touchdowns, whoever, however that game would have ended. I think Cooper Cup, like Manny said, it's it's right now his to lose. I think he wins Offensive Player of the Year, but right now it's all eyes are on him. If he messes up, Devontae Adams will easily take will take that. You could also say Kyler Murray is also in the running just because he can. He's arguably the best dual threat quarterback in the entire NFL, if not the best right now. Defensive Player of the Year obviously has been going to Aaron Donald for a while, but I think even with the, the addition of, of Von Miller, I think it'll be a, a harder task for him to win because I mean, it's going to be distributed. Those, those sacks most likely, obviously it takes, it takes pressure off Aaron Donald, which is, which is pretty scary. But I think thus far I would go with miles Garrett, 10 and a half sacks leads the NFL. Another great pick is, is Trayvon Diggs, seven interceptions, but he's, he's up and down to me. I feel like Miles Garrett's more of a staple of that Browns defense and that Browns team as a whole. So I think thus far, he's my defensive player of the year pick. Yeah, I think I kind of had the – I mean, I had those two names down. Miles um, Garrett's having a good season. Leads the league in sacks right now. Um, but I went with Trayvon Diggs just because um, he has seven interceptions already in the season. Um, last night was the first time he didn't get an interception in the game. And I think having seven interceptions already so quickly, um, so young in his career, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I know um, he gives up big plays and um, some of the coverage sometimes is off. There's miscommunication or whatever, or he just gets flat out beat. But I think just over time, that'll just get better. At least over this season, I think um, he'll kind of fix that and, the defense as a whole will kind of just make up for that, not really leave him alone, so alone like that. But um, I'm, I went with Trevon Diggs just because I thought it was something 
I liked it that it's something different. He's so young. And again, yeah, just seven or seven so far, it's crazy. And I think opposing teams are starting to take notice of that and not really throwing it his way as much as um, they were at the beginning of the season. Manny, I'm shocked you didn't pick uh, TJ Watt for your defensive player of the year. I think it's a mile. Again, it's another, it's his to lose. It's Miles Garrett's uh, award to lose at this point. He's playing, again, absolutely out of his mind. He's the leader of that Browns defense. He's been the leader of that Browns defense. He's, he's arguably the face of the Browns besides Baker Mayfield at this point. I think Miles Garrett has a very good shot of winning it. I think TJ Watt as well has a very good shot. And you cannot count out Aaron Donald. Like you said, Connor, the fact that he's going to have pressure, even the slightest pressure taken off of him because you bring in Von Miller absolutely scares me. And I bet it scares every offensive line coach that the Rams still have to play in this season. I think it's still wide open, but I think at the same time, Miles Garrett, it's, you know, he's, he's projected by everyone to pretty much win it. But if he doesn't, I mean, again, T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald could easily swoop in and take that Defensive Player of the Year award right from him. Coach of the Year, I would have said Zach Taylor before yesterday, like a, like a for sure, like an easy pick. I think it's probably still his award to lose at this point. But yesterday's loss just leaves such a such a buy like a bad taste in my mouth and recency bias doesn't. I don't love it, but I. I mean, I'm not really sure who's going to win it this year. I feel like generally it's like a new coach on the scene that has it's his second or third year maybe that he's really helped rebuild this team, which why, that's why Zach Taylor fits this award very perfectly. But he's got he's got to keep it together at this point. I think Mike McCarthy obnoxiously will get a lot of votes if the Cowboys continue to do very well. I don't love it, but Cowboys Nation is is loud and media is loud around the Cowboys. So I think that's a chance, even if that's very annoying. Um, and then you've got even Cliff Kingsbury, I think, has a shot at it. But I, I honestly don't even, like, have a pick because I, I don't think anyone's really taking it away, to be honest. Do you guys have, like, a solid pick where, like, oh, this person definitely deserves it at this point? Or um, Yeah, I mean, it was hard. I think before you mentioned Zach Taylor, like, as you mentioned him, I was like, I – kind of realized like yeah like he should have a lot of consideration considering what he's done um I don't know why he didn't cross my mind but um the pick I made was uh Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury like you said um Connor I think uh he was getting a lot of not a lot of hate but just a lot of kind of doubts about what he was doing there why he even got the job um but um yeah I think um with the development he's made with not just Kyler, but the whole team overall, especially that defense. I think he has a good shot at it. Um, a lot of people, if not everybody, will say that they're surprised they're even 7-1. They were a contender, but they weren't expected to be this good. And I think that has a lot to do with him, um, the way that he's made the, his play calling, the scheme uh, offensively that he has kind of developed with, again, Kyler Murray. And their running attack, James Conner, really is a good compliment to Kyler and Chase Edmonds as well just gives a lot of different dynamics. And I think him, he has a big part to do with that. And I think he, it, it, is, it is his job, it is his award for now since um, Zach Taylor lost yesterday to the Jets. So I think that would be a big um, point of emphasis when this award is said and done. 
I think, again, this is another award that it's going to be going down to the rest. It's going to go down to probably the last game of the season, if not into the playoffs. You have three coaches who arguably are probably your top three favorites. You have Brandon Staley from the Chargers. Uh, you have Cliff Kingsbury from the Cardinals. And then you have Zach Taylor from the Bengals. I think all three of them have very, very good cases at winning Coach of the year. I mean, they've arguably Brandon Staley's turned. I mean, he's really turned the Chargers into a contender. There are some issues regarding that defense uh, and how good Justin Herbert's going to be going throughout the rest of the season. I think you also say the same thing about the Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow is playing like the number one quarter, the number one overall pick, like we expected them to be. Jamar Chase is playing absolutely incredible. He's my offensive rookie of the year pick. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. I think the Bengals have a very good resume right now. Even with that loss to the Jets, they could potentially compete for that AFC AFC North, excuse me, and potentially even making it as far as the AFC Championship if, you know, if the dominoes fall that way. I think you can also say the same thing about Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is playing absolutely incredible. We knew he was going to be one of the best quarterbacks for the next 10, 15 years when he was going to be drafted but I don't think anybody expected him to be to be absolutely as dominant as he is right now. I think the Cardinals team had been stuck in mediocrity for so long before Cliff Kingsbury. And now they're finally realizing how good of a team they are. And that offense again is one of the best in the NFL. They have so many weapons available to Kyler Murray that, I mean, he really just can throw it up and, you know, maybe there's DeAndre Hopkins. Nope, there's Zach Ertz. Nope, there's Christian Kirk. He really could list off the names for how many players there are probably downfield for Kyler Murray. I think all three are good options. But right now, I'm probably going to go with Brandon Staley just because the Chargers have been stuck in even longer in mediocrity than I would say the Cardinals have. So for that reason, I probably get Brandon Staley. Uh, I give him my coach of the year. And I think he's a better, I think, I, I think he's just a better person as general. I mean, he's really, he's absolutely incredible. And, you know, I think he's just a better, I think he's a better coach overall. And I think for that reason, he's probably going to get coach of the year. Comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott, I feel like it's a pretty obvious choice. Do you guys have anyone different, any one else that should be in consideration? No, not really. I had um, Dak. I think, yeah, just what he's done with the Cowboys overall. They're, they're a top team in the NFC, and he's the main reason why. So, yeah, I had Dak Prescott for this one, too. I think it's either Dak or Joe Burrow, to be completely honest. I think it depends on how good, you know, the Bengals go throughout this, the rest of the season. If they're one of the top seeds, you know, potentially in the AFC, I think Joe Burrow might be – might try, might sneak it away from Dak Prescott, but again, it all depends on how good Dak Prescott plays for the rest of the season. He's, I think, he's a minus three hundred favorite right now over Joe Burrow, something like that. So he has higher odds. I think he's the better player right now, but you know, Joe Burrow can still easily sneak it away depending on how the Bengals play throughout the rest of the season. But for right now, I'd say it's gonna, I'd say it's gonna be Dak Prescott, offensive rookie of the year. I have Jamar Chase. Didn't expect to say that name before the season, but I feel like this is a pretty obvious pick right now. He's he's dominating. He's he's a big reason the Bengals are doing so well. I mean, he's he showed that connection with uh, Joe Burrow is is definitely not lost, and it's 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 amazing to watch. And I think it's kind of like a 
Justin Jefferson type first year rookie year. Yeah, I also had Jamar Chase. Um, if he wasn't having such a crazy year, I probably would have sat here trying to convince you guys it was for sure going to be Najee Harris. But obviously he's having a ridiculous year, so there's no arguing it. He's he's near, I think he's third in touchdowns, third in yards already. So we have a whole other half of the season that we can only imagine what kind of numbers he'll put up. So I think clearly and obviously he's he, he has his award really on lock. I'd say the same thing. I think Jamar Chase pretty much has this one on lock, but again, it depends on how good, I mean, it's between him and Najee Harris at this point, in my opinion, I think it depends on how both of those teams play throughout the rest of the season, who makes it farther potentially in the playoffs as well. I think Jamar Chase is just playing absolutely incredible out of his mind. And like you talked about Connor, he's having a Justin Jefferson type of rookie year. I wouldn't necessarily say he's like Justin Jefferson, but right now, I mean, he's really the number one rookie in the entire NFL. So I think it's between him, Najee Harris, and I really can't see really many other players being a dark horse, maybe a Kyle Pitts, if I'm being honest, but you know, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase for my offensive rookie of the year. Last award, defensive rookie of the year. Last year, I thought that we didn't have a standout player, really. We just kind of had to give it to Chase Young because for a while we've had players like Nick Bosa just coming onto the scene and, and dominating. I feel like, again, this year there, there hasn't been a player I've personally I've completely fallen in love with that I think is definitely going to win it at this point. I think it's it's up in the air. I mean, Patrick Sertain's pretty good. Michael Parsons pretty good. There's a couple other names, but there's just no one for me that that I'm that I'm in love with. I mean, do you guys have a certain player that you're like this is definite, or are we think that it's going to come down to the end because no one's really taking control of it? Yeah, it'll definitely come down to the end. I think, like you said, there's nobody really standing out right now. But I I made the choice of going with uh, Michael Parsons. Um, I don't know. I think I I picked. Trevon Diggs for defensive rookie or no defensive player of the year. And I think his it's kind of overshadowed what Michael Parsons is doing a little bit. Um, he's also played really good and the reason why this Dallas defense isn't as atrocious as they were last year. So um, he can get one and I'll give the other one to, to Michael Parsons. I think it's going to be a tough one. I mean, you have, again, like Connor talked about, there really aren't, Many, there aren't really a, there isn't really a player, excuse me, that has really shown, hey, I deserve defensive rookie of the year. I think Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons is playing absolutely incredible. I think you'd also say the same thing about Jason Owa from the Ravens. He's playing absolutely incredible as well. And he's really, he's not, I wouldn't say necessarily he's become the leader of that defense, but he's quickly proven he's one of the top performers for that Ravens defense and really also in the entire, I, I really say in the entire NFL as well. You could also say Asante Samuel Jr. That sounds awful to say because Asante Samuel, his dad played on the Eagles. So I realize how old I am now, but I think Asante Samuel Jr. is also another potential uh, competitor for that defensive rookie of the year. You could also say Jeremiah Usu Koromoa from the Browns as well. I'm so glad I pronounced that right, but I think he's also, I think he's also a competitor. It's going to be tough. It's going to come down to the rest of it's going to come down to the last game of the season, potentially in the playoffs as well. But the with the way Micah Parsons is just playing right now, he, he is the clear front runner for defensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. Well, that is going to do it for our show today. Had some big breaking news with Vaughn Miller. 
talked about this week eight recap and gave our NFL midseason awards. Thank you, as always, for listening on any podcast platform out there. It's been First and Moose with Connor, Patrick, and Manny.